Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk. You are 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I'm, I'm running late. I was like, I was like, oh, it's after five o'clock. Oh, for those of you that are listening on the podcast, I do this live and today I was kind of preoccupied. So, but I'm here. I am here now. I'm your host, Dahlia, also known as the president of Chickenlandia. I'm a backyard chicken educator that has found peace and joy in the chicken yard, and it is my absolute mission in life. For real, it's my mission in life to help you find that too. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Today is episode eight of season five, and if you're wondering, where is episode seven? I don't remember you doing an episode seven of Bok Talk. Well, I did a very special uh, chicken chat episode, and that is an episode that I do um, especially with uh, My Favorite Chicken. And so we do that across all the platforms on Facebook. We do it in a Facebook group. We do it um, on my Facebook page and then also on YouTube. So at this time, we also did it on YouTube. So that I just turned that into episode seven, and it's all about... um, helping chickens through the winter, like getting through the winter with your chickens. So that should be on all the major podcast apps very soon. So when you listen to this, hopefully episode seven will be before episode eight. Hopefully it's already posted, (laughs) but we'll see. We will see. Okay. Today we are going to be talking about something that is very important important for you to be prepared for. We are going to talk about what to do if you discover that you have an injured chicken. Now, in this episode, we're speaking about sprains and bumps and bruises. So like if you have a chicken that is limping or if you had a chicken that hurt itself because it flew into something or something like that, um, that is what we are going to cover today. This is This is about soft tissue injuries and the like. It is not about wounds because that would be, that's a whole nother situation. And I probably need to have a whole nother episode about taking care of wounds. That's, you know, obviously when the skin is broken. Okay. I do have a question that was submitted through my website. Welcome to chickenlandia.com. I am going to chat for a little bit about today's topic. We're going to answer that question. And then I will open up the chat here live on YouTube for you to ask your questions live. 
If you want to submit a question to be possibly answered on Bok Talk, all you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section, and while you're there, you're going to want to join the greatest chicken mailing list across all of the multi-universes and beyond. It is called Chickenlandia Nation. I will send you a discount for my online course, Chickenlandia's Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. This is a very fun and interactive course. It's great for beginners. It's great for intermediate people. And it is a great way for you to get direct access to me. And I know a lot of you want to ask me direct questions, but I get so many questions that I can't answer everybody. It's just, that's all I would do if if that's what I did. That, that would be all I did. I wouldn't be able to create free content for you. But for my course students, I do prioritize those questions. So you do get your questions answered by me or by the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor because she's also a co-instructor in the course. Anyway, I'm super proud of it and I hope to see you there. Before I move on, I need to make two announcements because, folks, I still have chicken bills to pay. I gotta pay those chicken bills. And because of some, some of my chickens are pretty clumsy and they, I might have hospital bills, <laughs> chicken hospital bills. So I have to pay those. Anyway, because of that, I, le- I need to let you know that as always, this podcast was brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my feed. I get my non-GMO, organic, and socially responsible scratch and pick feed from there. I got my amazing little first aid kit from My Favorite Chicken that I love. Um, You know, it's like got everything you need in it and it's cute, (laughs) which is the perfect combination. Um, I get my fun chicken treats like my chicken fun do (laughs) from there. Um, all you have to do is go to my favorite chicken. I am going to put that link for you in the show notes. This podcast was also brought to you by the folks at Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a small local company to me, and they have an online store that I absolutely love. They have three products that I am using right now. I use their organic pine shavings. I'm always using those. I use their pet greens, which is awesome in the winter. Pet greens are like sprouts that you grow in a bag. It's super duper easy, especially for kids. It's really important for them for winter. So for them to get some greens in winter. So I love growing the sprouts right now because we're kind of in winter over here already. (laughs) I know it's still the fall, but it's starting to feel like winter. Um, And I use their flaked oyster shell, which my chickens actually like. Like I actually see them eating it. You can check out these and their other chicken products and their products for other fuzzy little animals by going to the show notes. Uh, There will also be a coupon there for you. So I'm going to leave that link for you in the show notes. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, Let's talk about caring for our chicken that has suffered an injury. And of course, I I do want to start out by telling you a story because it is very fun and entertaining to learn through stories. So when I got my first batch of baby chicks, I had this beautiful, beautiful chicken. Um, It was a special speckled, (laughs) it was a speckled Sussex and her name was Rose. I named her after Rose Nyland from the Golden Girls. And she was so pretty and I had so much fun raising her. But one day when she was like a little teenager chicken, 
Rose was running out of the coop. And at the time, I had an omelet cube. And if you don't know what they are, they're like these really durable plastic coops from the UK. And they are fantastic. And I had like the first version of this coop. This was many years ago. Um, but anyway, I, I had it. And for some reason, I had made some modifications to the run. I don't know why I did that. I don't remember why I did that. I was very new at chicken keeping. <laughs> but there was there were some considerations that I didn't take. Okay. And because of that, so Rose was running out of the coop and she got her leg stuck in this like this wiring that I had kind of sticking up and her leg was stuck in it and she kind of kept trying to run so she just like bent her leg in this really awkward way and obviously she got injured and I you know I got her out of it because luckily I was right there so I got her out of that area and she immediately started limping and I confess that I did panic because I was very, I was a brand new chicken keeper. We're talking about like, I was like weeks into it. Okay. And I just didn't know what to do. But luckily I had someone who at that time was like a mentor to me. And he told me, he said, look, you know, think of it the same way you think of like, if if your kid got injured or something, you, first of all, you don't want to panic right away. It's probably not broken. It's probably just a sprain. And he told me just to bring her inside and put her in a small area where she can rest and heal. And she doesn't have to walk like really far to get to food and water. Okay. Um, And that was actually the very beginning of what is what I now call the rest method, which is like, uh, you know, if you don't know about it, you probably know about it if you've been following Chickenlandia for a long time. But if you don't know, it's a very simple guide of what you can do. Um, it's mainly for when you have a sick chicken, but it also works well for ch- a chicken that is injured or a chicken that's wounded or a chicken that's in shock. Okay. And what it basically involved is just removing any, any vulnerable chicken. For whatever reason, you remove the vulnerable chicken from the flock. That's the R. Okay. Because it's an acronym. Give them some electrolytes to boost their system. That's the E. Give them some comfort food, okay, to tempt them to eat, especially if they're not, you know, eating very well. This is good for them. And give them something nutrient-dense. I like to give scrambled eggs. So that's the S, okay? And then you want to put them in a temperature-controlled area. So you don't want them to be fighting to stay cold or uh, fighting to stay cool, or fighting to stay warm when they're trying to heal. So that is the T. The T stands for temperature control. Anyway, and I will leave a link for you, uh, you know, to the video where I talk about that in detail in the show notes. Anyway, Rose needed several days of the rest method, okay? And I remember worrying a lot because it took a while for her to heal. You know, she's, she was getting better, but it just, it took time. And my friend told me, don't worry, you know, just be patient. She's slowly getting better every day. That's a really good sign. And, you know, then once she was better, I had to reintegrate her back into the flock. And it was just, you know, me being a little bit of an anxious person <laughs> person sometimes. <laughs> you know, I was a little bit anxious about it, I was a little bit nervous about it. And you guys understand because you love your chickens and you like, you don't want to make mistakes. You don't want anything bad to happen to them. 
But eventually she did heal and I was able to return her back to the flock and she was fine. So these days, after many, many years of having chickens, after doing research for many years, after having many experiences, um, you know, what I do is a little bit different. If I, if I have a chicken that is limping or if I have a chicken that has hit her head or she has a hurt wing or something like that, I just, I have some additional things I do that can hopefully expedite the healing. You know, not always because sometimes when a chicken gets injured, you actually every day, you know, usually if you, if you don't just see it happen and even sometimes if you see it happen, there's some guesswork involved because you won't completely know how serious it is. And especially because chickens hide their pain and injuries so well. Okay. But you know, let, let's just, right now, let's just get into a little bit more detail and I'm going to answer a listener question and then I'm going to tell you all the things I do while I'm answering that question. Okay. All right. This question is from Tammy. Hello, I have backyard chickens. Good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, one of my red comment, comments, my red comments is limping. I have checked her body for mites and fleas, and she doesn't have any sign of anything. Her vent is clean. I also checked her legs for scaly leg mite. Um, there are no scales. All of her scales look normal. Um, I've looked on the bottom of her feet. So she's looking for bumblefoot. Like, that's what she's talking about. She's looking for injuries or splinters or bumblefoot under on her feet. Um, I can't find any splinters. Her nails are trimmed. It's just one limp on one leg that she's favoring. I think she may have sprained her leg and I'm wondering what I can do. So there are a few things that can cause limping in a chicken. Okay. And I'm talking about those things because uh, Tammy didn't actually see anything happen. She just noticed that her chicken was limping. And, you know, it is possible that it could be caused by disease. It could possibly be caused by a vitamin deficiency, and it could possibly be caused by some kind of toxic exposure. For the sake of today's topic, we're going to assume that this chicken has some kind of mild injury, okay? And that is where you should start anyway. You know, if you see a chicken that is limping, start with the mindset of that, you know, this is an injury that, and we're going to rule that out first. Um, and you'll find that the things that I tell you to do to support them through an injury are going to be good for them regardless. So if they have a vitamin deficiency going on, if they have illness going on, these things that you're going to do to support them, you know, cons- while you're considering that it's it's an injury are going to be good for them anyway. So the first thing we're going to do again is the rest method. So get that chicken away from your flock, from the rest of your flock, put her in a small area where she doesn't have to move around a lot to get to food or water. You really just want her off that leg as much as possible. And this is good. Like I said, well, this is good, uh, you know, whether or not it's a leg injury, a wing injury, some kind of bodily injury, or and even a head injury. Okay. You just want them to not have to be running around a chicken yard trying to get to food and water. You want them to rest, just like a human would need to rest if they had an injury. 
You can give her some electrolytes, um, which you can buy either, you know, you can buy them online, you can buy them at the store, or I do have a recipe where you can make homemade res- homemade electrolytes, electrolyte water for your chickens. Um, and I have a video about that, and it's also in my book. But I will put that, uh, the link to the video in the show notes for you. But uh, sim- since there is limping going on, one thing that you might consider, just in case it's a possible vitamin deficiency, is you might consider getting them like a good quality chicken vitamin, like something beyond just electrolytes, a good vitamin, uh, you know, multivitamin for chickens, and start putting that in their water, just in case it is something beyond um you know, just an injury and it's actually being caused by a vitamin deficiency, then you can get, start getting ahead of that right away. Even, you know, even though she, your chicken, Tammy doesn't appear sick and it looks to just be a a strain, a sprain, I would still do scrambled eggs as something that is very nutritionally dense for them. And, but I would also offer them their feed as the majority of their diet. Okay. Since it doesn't seem like she's sick, but giving them like some good protein, some, you know, a really good nutrient dense food is is going to be good for them regardless. And of course, keep the temperature as mild as possible wherever you put her because you want all of all of her resources to go towards healing and not to go towards trying to regulate her temperature, okay? So what I'm going to do now is I am going to tell you about some homeopathics that I use when I have an injured chicken or a chicken that is in shock or both, okay? And before I start, I just want to acknowledge, I know that some of you are not into homeopathics and that is absolutely fine. A lot of people just don't feel like they do anything. Um, You know, they kind of look at it like a pseudoscience. As someone who has been using homeopathy for 30 years, I think it's almost 30 years or it is 30 years, I have seen it really help, not just my chickens, but, you know, when I started using them, I was using them on myself as a, as a young woman who's using them on myself. Then I started using the, um, you know, on my dogs and then my husband and then my kids and then my chickens and ducks. And I have seen it really work well, many, many times. And 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 also my family has a homeopath like we we ha- we work with a licensed homeopath whenever we get sick and be- because because it's worked for me i just feel like i should share about it so um no need to to comment that it doesn't work or that it <laughs> i mean you can but um you know i understand that it's not for everybody but i do want to share this information uh, cuz i think it's good information okay so if if there is an injury going on, it is possible, and you you may have even seen it happen, but it is very, very possible that something traumatic has occurred, okay? You know, and anytime there is something shock, shocking, something like sudden or, you know, traumatic or some kind of fear involved, anytime something like that happens to one of my chickens, the first thing I do is dose them with a homeopathic called aconite, Okay. And I use the 30C potency. It's widely available. You can go to any health food store and they should have it. Usually it's like a little in a little blue vial, depending on, on where you live. 
It's the most popular ones that usually everybody has is by a company called Boyron. And they're in little blue vials, okay? Or little green vials sometimes. And aconite is absolutely amazing for fear, for anxiety, for stress, and and especially, and for shock, but especially anything that just is like, boom, you know, it's just something that really affects you really quickly. Um, and in fact, there's a saying about ac- aconite, it's where there's fright aconite. Okay. So even if something just like really scared the chickens and now they're having a hard time kind of like readjusting, I would dose them with aconite very quickly and, um, hopefully that will help them. And, and, you know, I have a kid that sometimes when it's windy or whatever, he gets nervous and I'll give him aconite. So it's, it's just a great remedy to have around. I would, I I have a blog post about how to, how to dose homeopathy, homeopathics. And I will link that in the show notes, but just very quickly, what I would do with aconite is I would dose it three times, 10 to 15 minutes apart. Okay. And the easiest way to do this with the chicken is to dissolve a couple of pellets, um, you know, they're, they're in this in that little blue vial, there's little pellets in there, dissolve two or three of them in a small glass of water, and then pull some of that water into a needleless syringe. And then just put a drop or two into the side of their beak. You never want, no matter what you're doing, whether it's homeopathy or it's, um, any other kind of medicine, or if you're hand feeding a chicken, you never want to just like squirt something down their throat, okay? Because it is so easy to drown a chicken that way, okay? You can literally kill them that way, and, you, and then you'll feel terrible, okay? So we don't want that. Um, all you all you need to do is like take a few drops and put it at the side of their beak, and then it should run into their beak, and then you'll see them go. And even if they're in shock, sometimes they will do that. Sometimes they're in such bad shock that it just like they're just like staring into space and they won't even have that reflex to drink. Um, for a homeopathic, that doesn't matter. Okay. You just want to get it into their beak. Like it just needs to touch the inside of their beak. And that's because homeopathy is for a lack of a better way to describe it. It's like energy medicine. Okay. And there is a science behind it. Um, so but I do want to describe it that way because that's a, that's basically how it is. So that's why you only need to get the substance just needs to like touch their membranes inside their mouth. Okay. So I would do that, you know, do the three doses, wait a little while. If they improve, then don't dose them with the aconite again, unless they start to backslide. Okay. And you would just do that really on the first day. That's when aconite is the most beneficial is that, you know, in that when that initial shock happens. Um, but there's another homeopathic that is super important whenever there's any kind of like swelling, uh, pain, bruising, injury involved. Okay. And this, this one is called Arnica. And you will also use that in the 30C potency. So for this one, I would probably just put a couple of pellets in their water every day if 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 they are drinking, okay? If they're in shock, you can dose it the same way you dose the aconite, okay? I would probably give them a dose every day until they're until they're better. Um and you can even do it a couple times a day, but 
Yeah, I, uh, Arnica is really something you just kind of want to keep them on. And so that's why it's like, oh, it's okay to just put it in their water and have them drink it. They'll just drink it a few times a day and get that dose a few times a day. Okay. Um, and like I said, this is for pain, bruising, swelling, and it can also help with shock. Okay. If you are not into homeopathics, you can use aspirin but you do need to be careful about the dosage. I don't use aspirin on my chickens, um, but I'm going to put a link for you in the show notes so you can read about how to administer it if you choose to go that route. If it's a leg injury or maybe like a wing injury and you can see a uh, swelling, you can use a cold compress a few times a day, okay? For maybe 10 to 15 minutes, okay? Um, and just, you know, you can just get a cold pack or get a frozen pack of peas and hold it on the affected area. I, you know, for me, I'm a little bit more nervous about, you know, if they have an injury on their torso, you know, or a large injury on their body, you know, to put a cold pack on a, a, a large space of their body, I would worry that that would kind of stress them out and make them a little bit too cold. Um, so I would do that under the supervision of a, of a veterinarian if you can. Um, which brings me to my next point. If they are getting worse or if after a few days they're not showing any kind of improvement, that is the time you might consider, you know, if possible. And I know this is impossible for everybody. I really do. But if you can try and seek out some veterinary care. It's possible that they have something internal going on that you can't see. It's possible they may have a broken a broken bone or broken bones. And it's also possible that you're not dealing with an injury and you're dealing with something that is the result, you know, it's a symptom of a disease, it's a symptom of vitamin deficiency or maybe even toxicity exposure. Okay? And if it's something like that, you would really need to do some more detective work, preferably with a licensed veterinarian if you can swing it. Okay. So Tammy, I hope that was helpful. Um, and I hope it's helpful to everybody that's watching and everybody that is listening. In these situations, it's so hard not to panic. It's so hard not to panic. I, mean, I know because I've been there so many times. But if you have a plan in place, then it'll make things so much easier, not just for you, but on your chickens. Okay. So, you know, if you need to go back and listen to this podcast and like get some things together, it's so good to have like a first aid kit for your chickens. My favorite chicken has a great one that they sell um, that has a whole bunch of stuff in it. And then I also have a video where I talk about my first aid kit and I have like some homeopathics and stuff in it. But yeah, it's it's better to be to at least have some of this information in your head a little bit and not to be trying to research all of it after the fact because then that's you will just feel so panicked about it and stuff and that's hard. Okay, now I am going to open up the chat for questions. Okay, uh, Sabrina Shelton asks, is it okay to feed chickens a fresh deer carcass or any raw carcasses? You know, it's funny. There's this legend of <laughs> this, this man that put like a whole deer, you know, he hunted a deer and he put it in the chicken coop and like he had so many chickens that it was just like a skeleton the next day. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> 
But um, they will absolutely eat it. You know, I mean, chickens are scavengers. Like that's what they are in the in the wild. That's what they are, and and in your chicken yard, that's what they are. They will scavenge for food. They will eat small animals, um, mice, uh, dead things. So it's not like that would be something that was like that's just like so out of the ordinary for their diet. Um, that being said, you know, I I always encourage balance. So. What I would say is you you don't want them that to be like their only source of feed. Um, and depending on how many chickens you have, like if you put an entire carcass and you only have four chickens, um, it might take a might take them a while to clean that up. And if other animals smell that, they are gonna really try and get into the chicken yard. Okay, so that's something that you do not want to just leave around lying around in your chicken yard or in your chicken coop because it's going to attract other animals. So be very mindful about that. And I would just, you know, keep in mind the Chickenlandia chicken food pyramid. If you don't know what that is, it's just like a a little pyramid that I created to kind of help help feeding your chickens be, uh, you know, something that's natural and instinctual for you. On the bottom, I have you know, the largest tier, there's their their feed that's appropriate for their stage of life. In the middle, I've got um, ki- healthy kitchen scraps, mo- mostly like leafy greens and sprouts and stuff like that, low sugar fruits. And then on the top, I have treats, okay? I would consider, uh, you know, any kind of carcass like a treat, Okay, so I would try to keep that on the top tier. And it depends on how you're feeding your chickens. Because if if your chickens are just eating scraps, that's absolutely valid. Okay, what I'm talking about is like your best case scenario. So um, I would keep that in mind uh, to, to just be mindful about balance. And then also be very mindful about leaving something like that out in your chicken yard. Because that will 100% attract other animals to your yard. Okay. Okay. Chelsea asks, uh, Chelsea says, uh, my rooster is attacking my 14 week old pullets. So I assume you're asking how to prevent that from happening. Um, I would remove him honestly for a little while. I would remove him if he's now, when you say attacking is, is blood being drawn? Are they being kept from food and water? Um, in a, in a severe way, is he attacking them in like, he's showing them his dominance or is he actually hurting them? And, you know, a lot of the pecking order is hard to watch. Um, but that is how chickens are. That's part of their nature. They're establishing order. The pullets are at the bottom of the order and the rooster is telling them, look, I am, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's in charge here. I'm assuming that you did a slow integration process. Remember, they're only 14 weeks old, so they're pretty young. So they need to be integrated into your flock with your older birds. And that's a that's a, a process that will take a little while. If you skip some of that process, then you will get more, more trouble, okay? Whether it's a rooster or the other hens. Um, but if he's attacking them and really and hurting them, I would uh, probably remove him until they get a little bit older and then integrate him back in, okay? 
Um, and also have a, you know, if he's just a very aggressive rooster that is pestering and is, is harming your birds, have a start now to think about a contingency plan, um, of possibly finding him another home if he needs to get that. But, um, hopefully not. He'll, you know, depending on how old he is, if he's young, he, he may, um, sometimes they just act a fool when they're less than a year, year old. So he may calm down from that, but keep an eye on it and, uh, remove them if you need to. Uh, Christine Parks asks, what are your thoughts on fake grass in the run? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You know, fake grass is, it's not, it's not good for them. Um, it's it's not even really good for people, uh, depending on, depending on what it's made from, it's really not good. So I, I would try to, you know, instead of doing something like that, like if you're trying to have grass or have some, some greenery in the run, I would think about planting, you know, putting, put down some, some wood chips, um, so it's not just like grow, you know, it, it can get real barren in the mud, in the run really fast. Put some wood chips down. You can plant in the run some evergreen bushes. You got to protect them at first. But once they get a certain height, usually the chickens, they won't just like completely destroy the evergreen, especially juniper is a really good one. And then you can make them some salad bars. And I have a video about that on my channel. I don't know what it's called. Like, oh gosh, Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> what is it called? Like how to free range your chickens that aren't free range or something like that. But basically what it is, is it's like you create this salad bar. So you have like, um, you know, and you can do it in a pot or you can do it. Like I've seen people do it in like plastic containers, but basically what it is, is you have a container, you put, um, hardware mesh over the top of the container or kind of double up on chicken wire over the top of the container. And inside the container, there's dirt and you've planted something that can grow up through the wiring. So the chickens can eat, can go and eat what's growing up through the wiring, but they can't destroy it before it gets a chance to grow. And, and the idea is it continues to grow up and they can continue to have that source of greenery. So that's a great way to have something green in your run. Um, but I, I wouldn't use fake grass in the run. I, I, that's to me, that's probably wouldn't be very good for them. I have 20 chickens only. Uh, Tomasita says I have 20 chickens only getting seven eggs a day. I have four molting. You likely have more than four molting. It's just that you can't, for some of them, it's harder to tell when they're molting. The other thing is the days, the, the days are shorter right now. And so a lot of chickens aren't laying and, and the shorter the days get, the more the chickens aren't going to lay. They need a certain amount of daylight hours in a day in order to lay. Okay. And people will say all kinds of stuff. Oh, you can feed them this and you can do that. But really what they need is, is light. So unless you're supplementing light, um, the, the eggs are going to be very minimal right now. Okay. And some, sometimes chickens will lay through the winter, but usually those are young chickens. It's like their first winter and they're really good layers. But most of the times, most of the time chickens will take a break when the days are too short. So you'll have to wait until after the winter, after the solstice. Okay. Okay. The last question from Sabrina, what do you worm your chickens with? Okay. 
I am not a person that will preemptively worm my chickens with a synthetic wormer. That's just not my style. I'm a, I lean very naturally. Um, if I was pasture raising my chickens, I probably wouldn't worm them at all unless I knew that there was like, the, unless I saw the presence of worms. One thing that is important to understand is that any healthy flock, any, any healthy flock, Okay. If you were to open up, you know, open up every chicken (laughs) or, you know, do an x-ray on every chicken, you would find parasitic presence. Okay. These animals are living outside. They're living among wild birds and parasites serve an important purpose for the species that they are connected with. Okay. What they're meant to do is weed out weak or or um, sick or otherwise vulnerable birds, okay? So that they make their that species stronger. That's like the purpose of the parasites, okay? Now, of course, and I said this in a recent video, I'm not trying to do a Darwinism in my chicken yard, okay? I'm just not like survival of the fittest. Obviously, if there's an issue, I'm going to treat that issue because I don't want a chicken to have a, a parasite infestation, But I also don't want to like give them something like preemptively treat them something that's going to wipe all of that out. I just don't believe that that is necessary or or good for them or good for your environment, for your ecosystem in your chicken yard and beyond. Okay, because what we put in our chickens goes into the environment. So having said that, okay, number one, when a chicken a chicken is most vulnerable when they are a chicken is most vulnerable to parasite infestation when they have another vulnerability. So sick, injured, stressed, um, make sure to take care of those things. Nutritionally deficient, make sure and take care of those things. So you keep your chicken's immunity high, you give them good nutrition, you make sure they have enough room, you make sure they have enough to do. You make sure that there's not bullying or something like that going on, you know, compulsive behaviors going on in the flock. And that is your number one best dewormer, okay? <laughs> because it is, you will, you will, you're less likely to have an infestation. Remember, that's what we're trying to prevent, infestation, okay? Now, if you have your chickens in an enclosed run, which I do, my chickens are on the same ground year after year after year. And because of that, I have to be extra mindful about preventing parasite infestation. So what I use is an herbal dewormer, okay? And I use it, you know, I don't really use it in the summer. I will use it when they're molting because that's like parasite season. So right now we're in the middle of it. The fall time is parasite season time. Um, So I will do... uh, there's like two different formulas. It's called Molly's Herbals, and I'll leave a link for you. There's so many links. I got to remember. <laughs> I'll leave that link for you in the show notes. I am not sponsored by her. I wish I was. It's a great company. But uh, they have a, an herbal program that you can keep your chickens on. And you do it. There's one that you do once a week, and then there's one that you do. Um, I think you're supposed to do it every six weeks. I actually do it with the phases of the moon. So, um, cause that's the best time to treat for parasites is when there's a full moon. So 
that's how I do it. Um, and it's easy and the chickens seem to like it and it's very gentle. Okay. So that is what I do. That's how I de deworm my chickens. I don't use any kind of synthetic dewormer. Now, if you see parasite, you know, proof of parasitic presence, if you see, if you're seeing, um, um, gosh, what are they called? The worms that the chickens get keep wanting to say pinworms, but that's the one that people get. <laughs> what are they called? They're like those white worms that are kind of like a few inches long. Ah, I can't think of the name of them. But anyway, um, <clears throat> if you're seeing worms in your chicken's poop, I, I would find out exactly what it is because not every wormer, like synthetic wormer, will treat every worm, you know? So you want to find out exactly what you're dealing with it's best to do that if you want to use something synthetic. Um, I would do that first before going that route. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderator and co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you for talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate and review it. Guys, that really helps me, especially if you do it on... Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, that really helps me. If you're on YouTube, just give it a like, okay? <laughs> Maybe make a comment, all that good stuff. Um, but the main thing that I want you to do above anything else is I want you to remember that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. <laughs> Bye! Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.